Welcome to the end of religious Christianity. If you're truly born again, you've got the joy of the Lord inside of your spirit. You've got power inside of your spirit. My gift from God is to move you into your spirit, man, where God is, where you know all things, where things present and things to come are yours. Come with me into the kingdom of God. Good morning, Melbourne Church and all of those in the body of Christ around the world. I only have good news for you guys today because that is the gospel. The gospel of the kingdom of God is good news. And did you know that Jesus said that it is the Father's good pleasure to give you ownership of the kingdom? When he gives you the kingdom, he's giving you the family business. That is so amazing. Let me tell you, Holy Spirit is the one who reveals Jesus to us. Without Holy Spirit, we cannot even come to Christ. Jesus says that no one can come to the Father except through me. But he also says that the Father draws them to himself. And the Holy Spirit is the person on earth if Jesus was on earth, then earth would be heaven because the king would be here and it would be the kingdom on earth. But he has sent his Holy Spirit, who is the governor. The Holy Spirit is just like Jesus and he's revealing Jesus. He's convicting the world of righteousness, sin and judgment. You cannot read the Bible without Holy Spirit. You cannot receive Christ without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit reveals God. The Holy Spirit is the one who rose Jesus from the dead. The Holy Spirit is the one who convicts you. Without Holy Spirit, you don't even know that you need God. And so thank God for Holy Spirit. He is the guarantee of your salvation. He's the witness inside your conscience that you are a child of God. But the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus so that Jesus can reveal the Father. Because this is about a family. This kingdom is a family business. This kingdom is a government. We are a royal priesthood. We are sons and daughters. And I believe that the Father reveals you and I. The Holy Spirit reveals Jesus. Jesus reveals the Father because he is the exact image, the exact replication of God. And the Father reveals us. You know, with my son, I want to reveal him. I want him to be more uh, successful than me. I want him to be more like God than me. I want people to look at him and enjoy him. And I want him to get the attention. And our Father is the same. I found an amazing study of the word Barak, which is the word blessed. And it actually means to salute. It means to bow down and, and to salute. So like a curtsy to the queen or a salute to a soldier. And this word Barak in Hebrew is the word that God used when he blessed Adam and Eve. He saluted man. 
not that we are God, but we are his sons. We are his sons and daughters. And he has a rite of passage for each one of us. As the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus, as Jesus reveals the Father, the Father then reveals you. It says in Hebrews that all creation is aching and yearning for the sons of God to be revealed. Not the children of God, but those who are led by the Spirit of God. And that's why I wrote my book, God Men, which is probably going to step on some toes because it seems too much. It seems too good to be true that we were made a little lower than the angels. We were made a little lower than Elohim. Now, it's really important that we know that we are not God. I'm not saying that man is the creation, the creator God. No man is to be worshipped. We are holy because he is holy. We are holy by, by relationship. We are holy by ownership. We're holy because he owns us. But we are so similar to God. And like any good father, it's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The Bible says that if we suffer with Christ, we will also reign with him. Jesus says that if we overcome, we will sit on his throne. He said that, that we would sit on his throne. Jesus, it says in Hebrews, is the first of many brothers and sisters. So we've got to eventually accept who the Father has made us to be. We will awake in his likeness. John says we don't know what we shall be, but we know that we will be like him. I mean, come on, guys. It's in the Bible. It's in Genesis. God made man in his glory. The word image is the word glory. It's the same word as the glory of God. Man is the exact image of God. Man is God's image. When are we going to get it? When are we going to get over religion? Religion is afraid of us being like God. Think about it. The religious people wanted to kill Jesus for making himself out to be like God. The religious people wanted to kill Jesus for blasphemy. What did he say that made them think he was blasphemous? He said that his father was God. They said that you make yourself to be equal with God, Jesus, and that's why we're going to kill you. Don't you understand that religion doesn't mind if you're powerless? Don't you understand that when the Father tells you who you really are, that you're going to destroy the devil's works? You see, religion doesn't like power. Power is ownership. Power is sonship. Power is walking in dominion. It's God the Father's good pleasure to reveal you to the world. It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So for those who are willing to receive the truth today, for those who are willing to accept that they are children of God, sons of God, made in the image of God, saluted by God, copies of God, and are willing to live as gods on the earth. That's right, little g, that's what Jesus said in Mark, uh, sorry, in John chapter 10, Jesus quoted Psalm 82, which says, You are gods. 
He is wanting us to walk as he walked. The Bible even explicitly commands us that we should walk as Jesus walked, that we should live as Jesus lived, and that these signs should follow those who believe. So the signs follow those who believe. Those who believe are the sons of God. Now, this is the secret. This is what God is saying to you today, if you're willing to receive it. The word for the church, for the worldwide church today, is to be interruptible. Jesus said this is the missing ingredient. He said there are three steps or three stages to manifestation. Number one is to look to the Father. We need to have, number one, our connection to the Father. Like Jesus, we need to be able to see what the Father is doing because we are his image. So we need to reflect the Father. We reflect the love of the Father. We reflect the name of the Father. We reflect the, the image of the Father. So where he is love, we are love. And you see, Jesus has set us free from ourselves. When he sent the evangelist two by two, he said, don't bring money, don't bring a cloak. But it's actually more than that. When you go out today, whether you're going home, whether you're going to work, whether you're walking the streets, whether you're church planting or doing evangelism, you are going out empty. You have no need to worry about the future. In fact, you're commanded not to worry. You have no sins because God's forgiven you. So the greatest debt, the greatest weight, the greatest heavy burden to carry has been removed. So you have peace with God, and that's incredible. You're not allowed to hold any unforgiveness or judgment, so you've let all of that go, so there's no baggage. The Bible says, don't worry about what you will eat or what you will wear. So what I'm saying is when you go out, you don't have anything holding you back. You know, Jesus set you up and made you a weapon. So when you go out, you don't have any worries, you don't have any needs, because God's met your needs. You have no baggage, no responsibility other than to love people. So that's the first step. It is to see the Father. The first step, he said, many Christians are doing this. They're already doing this. They're seeing the Father. They're seeking first my kingdom. They know me. Number two is you need to have a plan. The Bible says that Jesus set his face as flint. He said, I'm called to the lost sheep of Israel. So he had a plan. Everyone God chose had a plan. Abraham was doing something. Gideon was doing something. David was doing something. He was tending his father's sheep. Gideon was treading in the wine press. I'm telling you, every warrior is a busy person. And the angels love it when you are busy. The angels love it when you are consistent. You see, the angels know where you're going to be. The angels knew that Gideon would be treading the wine press. The angels knew that Elijah was, was with the oxen. You know, Jesus set his face. And so this is the second part. Now, now that you see the Father, now that you are obeying him and, and, and looking to the Father, 
The second step is to have a plan. You know, this is what I do, God. Every morning I get up early and pray. Every morning or every night I go for a prayer walk. Or I'm, I'm a mother and I'm going to be focusing 100% on my kids. Or I'm a business person and I'm going to be, you know, raising money for the kingdom of God. So you actually need to have a plan. You need to make a decision. If you don't know what to do, just make a decision. You know the will of God. I'm telling you, the will of God is in the Bible. You know the will of God. Just make a decision. If you have nothing to do, if you're home and you're alone and you're unemployed, just say, you know what? I'm going to pray in tongues for 15 minutes every day and I'm going to do 100 push-ups and I'm going to read at least one chapter of the New Testament. You know, that's enough. Just make a decision and then do it every day. Hell or high water. Do that every day. Do 100 push-ups. If you're not going to do 100, then don't make a plan to do 100. If you can only do five, then make a decision to do five. And then tomorrow morning, do five push-ups, read one chapter of Matthew, and, and, and pray in tongues for 15 minutes. And then when you've finished, you have been faithful. And God will say, well done, well done, good and faithful servant. And then he will add something else on there for you to do. And just do that. I believe that the Father usually gives us, you know, one or two things to do per day. He's, he, Jesus said his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And I think you put too many things on yourself. You know, God usually gives me one or two things to do. He's, he says, you know, just, you know, just write one book and, and do a podcast and, you know, then I, I'm doing that. And then God says, you know, go do this, you know, call this person. So number two is to make a plan so that God knows where you are and what you're doing. And then the angels can support you. And number three, this is the final step that God said most Christians don't do. So number one is being connected to the Father, seeing what the Father is doing. Have the connection with the Father. Number two is to make a plan, have a system, a structure for your life, make a decision and at all costs stick to it because God needs you to know where you're going so that he can interrupt you. And that's number three. Number three, Jesus said most Christians don't do this. This is about being interruptible. You see, Jesus was interruptible. Jesus set his face like flint. On a particular day, he was going to a village. On a particular day, he was going to a wedding. And he was interrupted. His mother interrupted the wedding. She said, you have to do a miracle. So what God is saying is the Holy Spirit is random. He's random and you can't predict what he's going to do. But you need to be interruptible. So as you've done step one and two, as you have made the Father your secret place, and as you have made a plan in your own mind and heart about what you're going to do today, number three is the Holy Spirit will interrupt your plan. And this is how it's always going to work. Somebody's going to need something. Somebody's going to contact you or the Holy Spirit will be trying to get your attention. So 
a recent example for me, and there have been many in the past, but a very recent example was a friend that I led to Christ and water baptized him about 10 years ago sort of fell away a little bit. You know, he got a little bit distracted. Uh, there were some friends who were uh, not a good influence and he seemed to fall away and get distracted. Now, during this coronavirus lockdown, he began to text me questions about the Quran, the the Quran, the Quran. So I got a little bit like disappointed, to be honest, because I thought, well, you know, he's really gone over the edge now. <laughs> and I could have ignored his text messages. I could have just, you know, given a short answer. But you see, Jesus went about doing good and destroying all of the works of the evil one. And so Jesus would have confronted the devil. So I told him, you know, that he can read the Quran as a historical book and he can read the Quran as a Christian, that's fine. And it's good to understand other religions but I did tell him that Muhammad is a um, is not the Messiah. I said that Jesus warned us that after Jesus, other people would come in the desert saying that they are the Christ and that they are not the Christ. And I had to explain to him that the God of the Quran is not the same God as as Jesus. I had to make it really clear to him and he asked me many questions about this and to be honest I was really disrupted by these questions I lay up in my bed that night and f experienced a feeling of of attack you know he lives with Muslim uh, people and he's reading the Quran and I felt an invasion of those um, spirits, you know, in my bedroom, I felt, you know, really quite overwhelming intimidation and bullying and harassment. And I lay up at night thinking, you know, are these people going to turn up at my house? <laughs> you know, seriously, because there was such a strong pushback. You know, I had a lot of thoughts, religious thoughts saying, oh, you know, you can't say, you know, because in, in, our, in, our, in Victoria, there are uh, laws about vilification about religious and discrimination and the things that I said to him you know could be taken out of context and anyway he had an encounter with God he had really an awakening a revival um, he's been a smoker for 30 years or so and he he hasn't had a cigarette for nine weeks now um, he had chronic illness for, for 20 years and he had absolutely no symptoms for about five to seven weeks um, and then he had a little bit of a, an episode um, but he has been completely healed he is completely different but I'm telling you we have sent over a thousand text messages in the last couple of months because I was interrupted 
I wasn't really in contact with him. I could have ignored him. And, you know, I guess we are a bit limited with the lockdown at the moment in Melbourne. But I'm telling you, this guy's in revival. He's sending me, he's read the whole New Testament again. He's, he's coming alive to God. And it was because I was interrupted. And it really is amazing. It's the most beautiful thing to watch somebody come alive. The things that God is showing him in the Bible, the revelation that he's having by the Holy Spirit are amazing. And so number one, the Father, he wants to reveal you. You know, Jesus reveals the Father, but the Father wants to reveal you. He wants to show you off. He wants to show off his kids. He loves his kids. And he said, you know, you are the gods on this earth. I gave the earth to man. I gave the earth to my sons. I gave the earth to my daughters. I, I want you to multiply. I want you to fill the earth. You know, the Father loves you and he wants you to show off. Now, the religious spirit doesn't want that. And so today, I want to pray for you that you would see the Father, that you would absolutely see the Father. Number two, that you would make a plan, not a religious plan, not a self-righteous plan, but just a a lifestyle you know a lifestyle that's what a disciple is a disciple means a disciplined one a disciple is someone who follows the disciplines of their master jesus went to the synagogue that was his custom so you find in the book of acts peter and john going to the synagogue because they were disciples of jesus they exhibited the disciplines of their teacher. Jesus got up early to pray. He got up early to pray. So in the book of Acts, you see Peter on the roof praying. So we need to be people of discipline, and that's number two. Number two, make a decision. I'm going to read the Bible every day. I'm going to pray in tongues every day. I'm going to write a, a blog about the Holy Spirit. You know, whatever it is, you make a decision and like a warrior, you do it. You don't, you know, you do it no matter what. If your computer breaks down, you know, buy another one. If that breaks down, write it in chalk on the footpath and take a photo and post that to the internet. You know, just violent, the violent take it by force. And number three is as you see the Father and as you stick to your decisions in God, be interruptible. Uh, look for the Holy Spirit. Learn the language of the Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. Be interruptible. Uh, be ready in season and out of season to give an account for what you believe. Be ready to pray for people. Be ready to lay hands on the sick. Be ready to raise the dead. Be ready to confront evil with good. You know, there's always going to be pushback every time you do step number three. Like when I shared my faith with my friend, he didn't really agree with me and he didn't lie. And the spirits in his life, they hated me. You know, there was a strong spiritual rebound and attack because I told him the truth. So are you going to tell the truth now? Often the interruption looks like a problem. The interruption is an opportunity. 
when you lose your job, when somebody vilifies you, when somebody attacks you, when somebody doesn't agree with you. It's not about judging, criticizing them. It's not about Bible bashing them. But what I'm saying is Jesus went about doing good and destroying all of the works of the evil one. So the devil is the one who oppresses people. So every time you see a lie, you replace it with the truth. That's all I did with the Quran. You know, and it led to a miracle. It led to one of the most beautiful revivals I've seen. So when somebody, you know, it, it doesn't mean you have to be an apologist and, and, and go on Facebook and attack every single opinion that you don't agree with. But what I'm saying is be interruptible. Be prepared. It's about being who you are. It's about being seen. It's not about doing anything as much as it's being who you are. That comes back to the Father revealing you. Sons of God are revealed because the light casts out the darkness, because the salt brings flavor. So often you will feel oppressed. Often you will feel like the odd one out. Often you'll feel alone. You'll feel uncomfortable. But don't believe the feelings. That is because you are light and you're casting out the darkness. That is because the spirits in your home or in your workplace, even in your church, they don't want you there. They're trying to intimidate you. But you see, you see the Father, number one. You've made a decision, number two. And number three, you're interruptible. And so in those moments when you're interrupted you are seeing an error and you're correcting it. You're seeing a sickness and you're healing it. You're seeing a demon and you're casting it out. So today, Heavenly Father, we see you. We thank God for Jesus Christ, the Son of God. We thank Holy Spirit for resurrecting his body. We see, thank you, Jesus, that you're sitting on the right hand of God in heaven right now, interceding for us. Thank you, God, that we know the will of God as it's revealed in the Bible. Thank you for the body of Christ. We are dependent on the body. We are not moving as an independent organ or member, but we are moving as Jesus Christ. Help us to live as Jesus lived. Help us to walk as Jesus walked. Today we commit to seeing the Father, to hearing what you, Father, are saying and doing what you, Father, are doing. As we live, help us to make decisions, to seek first the kingdom, to be diligent, to love, to work, and to do the various disciplines that you have given us uniquely, specifically. And help us, number three, finally, Father, help us to destroy the devil's work. We are available. We are looking for the language of the Holy Spirit. We are available today to have a conversation, to have a text message, to pray for somebody, to lay hands on the sick, to take up a business opportunity. We are going to become very proficient at being interrupted. Jesus, like you on your way to heal somebody, 
being interrupted on the way to the wedding, being interrupted by the woman with the issue of blood, you know, being interrupted by people calling out, Son of David, have mercy. We are available and we look forward to becoming so available that we do nothing else but destroy the devil's works. God, I'm looking for somebody in Melbourne and I want you to look for somebody in your city. Who can you walk with? We've had enough teaching. You know, we've had enough, you know, small groups. We need to, 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 to continue to do that. But it's time to find somebody who is doing the destroying of the devil's work in your city. Find somebody who is leading people to Christ daily. Find somebody who is preaching the kingdom of the good news of the kingdom of God gospel. Find somebody who is casting out demons. Find somebody who has raised the dead and go and spend time with them. Do whatever you have to do. Move houses, move cities, you know, be their friend and start to go out together and destroy the devil's work. Let's do it. Today is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So we thank you, Father. I ask for the baptism of your Holy Spirit. I ask for the baptism of fire. And I ask that you would divinely connect us with a brother or a sister who is in our city, who is imitating Christ, somebody who is walking as Jesus walked, somebody who is destroying the works of the devil. It is time to see the kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we're looking for manifestation. We're looking to, to see the power of God invade heaven. We invade earth, rather. We are your gate. We are available May the King of glory come in through us, into this earth, into this day, in Jesus' name. And we give you, God, alone. You alone are worthy of praise. You alone are worthy of glory and honor. You alone are God.